Yeah, man. How's how's everything going? Really well, really well. Just exciting times. It's been uh, it's been 13 years since I put out a record. So, you know, the last last record I did was 2010 with Atheist. So it's fun going through the cycle again. You know. Oh, absolutely, man. I got to tell you, this uh, Till the Dirt Outside the Spiral album is uh, one of my favorites of this year so far. Thank you, man. That's really nice to hear. I can't Dude, tell you. I mean, uh, it's incredible, man. Like it ticks all the boxes for me. It's heavy as fuck, um, and it's blended with this almost nineties Seattle sound that I've never heard blended with death metal before. And it's very different. It's a it's very different animal to Atheist as well. But I mean, yeah. it's more straightforward, would you say, and aggressive oh, as yeah. well? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's much more listenable and and accessible in the, in a especially in a modern sense, you know. I mean, but it but it's you know, I, I, I sometimes feel bad for really young people because they miss the 90s. There was a lot of really good shit in the 90s that happened, you know, late 80s and 90s. And uh, not just in extreme metal, but, um, you know, I I, uh, I just feel I just feel lucky because it just came so naturally and and uh, just automatically because that's I have such a love for old Soundgarden and old yes. Alice in Chains and Mother Love Bone and, and all that shit. And also um, sort of desert metal, Caius and hermano and stuff like that so and i always thought that those were equally as heavy just in different ways you know what i mean as as extreme metal so uh i just yeah it just made perfect sense for me to uh to you know that it turned out like this i mean obviously i didn't i didn't really plan on having a new album or a new band or or anything like that so it's uh this all kind of just came organically out of out of thin air which is really nice because uh that's the way music kind of should happen you know Absolutely. Instead of thinking about it or planning it or you know stuff like that, I, I didn't um, didn't anticipate it at all. So it's it's all just found glory. <laughs> it's it's gold. It's gold. Like, I, as I said, mate, I I love this album so much. That means <laughs> the world. <yeah. laughs> and I can't stop raving about it. I, I, man, as soon as I heard that single, I was like sending it to all my mates. Oh, and you guys got to hear this. But um, did they send you, did they send you the whole record? Yeah. I've been cranking oh, cool. in the car on the way to work, brother. Nice, nice. <laughs> very, very lucky. Very lucky. I, had I did an uh, interview with some guys in India yesterday, and they had a really funny uh, – they were really, you know, super excited about the new record as well. And they were like, you know, Atheist is like – it's like Atheist and Till the Dirt are like uh, brothers – but like atheist is like the nerdy, the nerdy brother, and this is like till the dirt is like the party animal brother. <laughs> That's like the one guy was like, you know, when they were saying it was like an indie, you know, with their accent, and it was like it was really, you know, they meant it, you know, in a, in a way that I thought was was really funny. But it is kind of like that, you know, they're definitely different. That's you know, that but is true. that is very very true. But uh, you know, I I think this record is made not only you know, for a great listening experience, but it's also absolutely filled with just pit smashes, dude. Like, like it, it's going to be intense live. Like, w was it written with that in mind or was, you know, just to see the library? No. I mean, I can't tell you how, how in, how not in mind any of this was. Um, this is literally just um, a, a, an experiment with an artist and seclusion and a little bit of Jägermeister. And uh, and really, this is this is the results. I mean, uh, I've always been, you know, I write songs all the time, you know, but uh, 
when you, when you change your mindset and you put yourself in, in a, uh, in a position you've never been in before, it automatically affects your art. And, um, and it, it literally, I, so when I, when I tell you none of this was thought out at all, this is just, it, it kept happening each night, you know, I'd write a new song and, and, uh, I wrote like 25 songs for, for this out for this album. So I have a lot of extra songs left over, which is not anything I've ever had the luxury of with atheist at all. Atheist is pretty much everything we've ever written is, is on an album. <laughs> So, uh, so I was really just trying to bank all, you know, all while I was in that headspace and, uh, you know, COVID just not knowing what was going to happen. Um, you know, not being able to go out and see friends, not being able to play in a room with other musicians. Uh, it, it, it made some things happen that never, ever would have happened before. And the, the end result is this Till the Dirt record. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, you know I mean? Uh, and I, I, you know, I, I couldn't set it up any better than that. You know what I mean? I can't, there's nothing like a pandemic, you know what I mean? Like you know, who, who knew that was coming, you know? And, and, uh, but that seclusion and that, that helplessness that you feel, you know, uh, if you're a painter or, or a musician, you know, it, it, it reflects in your art. It should anyway. Absolutely. Do you remember that moment you realized you were onto something different when you were just jamming on some riffs at home during that thing that happened? What really happened with outside the spiral, the very first, the title track was the very first song I wrote and, and I was like, ah, oh, man, you know, but I, I've been I've been beat down by this industry for so long. You know what I mean? I've I've made good music to where, you know, it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to break away from your from what people know you from. And so I, I would make, you know, I, even with Neurotica, which was a, a moderately successful band in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, the, the underground metal and, and the legacy of Atheist would, would never allow me to do anything. All I ever heard was, what about Atheist? You know, what about New Atheist? And it was just constantly like, come on, let me, you know, let me paint in different colors for, you know what I mean? I just never had the success or never had the opportunity for the success um, to do anything different. So that was the first thing that kind of came to my mind was, man, I really like this. And I sent it to some, some, uh, some friends and they really thought it was interesting and different. But I thought, here we go again. You know, it's going to be just, uh, you know, I'm going to get shot down again, you know, for uh, it's just always. But I, I was really pleasantly surprised as time went on and I wrote a few more songs. I really got I started getting unique feedback, you know, not just, yeah, sounds good, dude. But it was like, whoa, I don't know what the fuck this is, but keep doing it, man. You know, like from from a lot of different people, you know, that were, um, you know, that that I knew would be honest with me, you know, about about my direction and. And I knew also it was going to make some noses wrinkle, you know, in extreme metal. It's really hard to infuse stoner rock and, and grungy shit, you know, uh, in, into that mindset of the average extreme metal fan. But blast beats and harmonies, man. What's up? Yep. <laughs> Jeff's kiss in the most brutal way ever. But I'll tell you what, man, um, you, you got Scott Burns out of retirement to work yeah. on thing as well. Like, I think that was the point that I knew that, okay this must be something this might be he's, he's the toughest toughest critic there is man he yeah. makes you know no problem telling you exactly how you know how how not important it is <laughs> and so i love him for that you know i mean i'm grateful for for his honesty because it's really hard to find you know uh, people to give you you know even even in live shows when you play live and you go out and you go out of sound everybody goes great it's like no 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 you know, you know, you didn't have a good show and people just never, you know, you can never really get the honest shit, you know? So um, there's always that pause. There's when, when, you know, you know, you've had a bad show and your mates go, yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> like you paused, you fucking paused, you liar. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> That's how you tell. But uh, 
Yeah, but uh, but thankfully, you know, Scott was open to those '90s influences as well, and um, you know, because he comes from that era as well, and it's just seemed, you know, in hindsight, it it seems to be landing at the perfect time because I mean, yeah. really. I mean, music can't go any faster. It can't get any heavier. Everything is so pristine and perfect. This record is not. Like, I tracked this whole record in my house. Like, um, you know what I mean? Just sitting on a laptop and, and tracked most all of this. And then the the guests on the album also tracked their stuff at home. So, we, you know, this whole album was tracked without ever laying eyes on each other. And I think that's kind of a unique thing in itself to really come up with a record that has some chemistry to it uh without actually having a you know what i mean it wasn't actually a band that put it together um because i wrote all these songs i wrote all the initially on the demos that i have which are very listenable demos i helped release someday if people care about this record down the line but um you know i used i used loops and i cut up drum loops and and you know cut them into little pieces and and made them fit the way i wanted them to fit and it was just like this liberating experience where i could just i could i could write an entire song in a night not have to um really uh feel like i was hurting anybody's feelings in the band or you know i didn't have to ask anybody's permission or you know i didn't have to feel like oh okay i can't write this song. let me uh, everybody's riff has to get in the song you know you know it's, it, it becomes that when you're writing sometimes you make concessions and and so one of the the funnest parts about this was not having to do that and and just have some drinks and smoke and and sit at home and just play. And then by three in the morning, I would be done with the song. And then I would go to bed and wake up the next day. I would send it to Scott and then wake up the next day and hear it in a really third person point of view. Like, you know, just like when you go kind of, you go out to a bar and you have several drinks, I don't know if you drink at all, but you know, we have a, uh, have a bunch of drinks and you talk and you talk, you're talking shit and you say a lot of things you would never normally say and act <laughs> in a way that you never normally act. And, you know, if you're a happy, if you're a happy drunk, then it's good, you know, or, but um, so it's, it's kind of like that where you wake up the next day and you're like, God, I hope I didn't piss anybody off. I hope I didn't say anything. I hope I wasn't too bold or um, so when you transfer that to music, that's kind of what was happening with me was I'd wake up every day and I'd go out in the car and, and ride around and listen to what I did last night, almost like forgetting all the, you know, what I had done until I put it on. So it was fun. And just that, and I don't, you know, I don't know if I'll get that, ex that, that, process back ever again because of how do you recreate a pandemic but but that's why i wrote so many songs for fear of not ever being able to get that magic back you know so i've got a i got another record behind it and and, and a good portion of a third one so <laughs> that's so good i can't wait man that's so good where, where do you think these songs come from though i mean during that i know you said it was the pandemic you were up until three in the morning having some having some drinks but yeah. creativity, man, like I've spoken to heaps of bands about it, that it comes from somewhere. Like it's not just in your brain that sometimes we, as creative types, we feel like we're channeling something else, not to get all hippy dippy. But do you feel that in that creative space that you were drawing from something out there in space that was, you know? Yeah. Even I mean, I, ideas, like I said before, I, I, I really feel like it. it you know, when you're when you turn 50, you start thinking and something like a pandemic comes along and you've been a smoker for 35 years. Um, you know, you think, oh, shit, you know, I, this might be it. You know, I, I could get this fucking I could get this thing and be done because I lost six people. I lost six friends during this thing. And, and so, uh, you know, I was like, wow, this, you know, and it was just this un, uncharted territory. So there was a feeling of, man you know, uh, this thing, I, if I get this, I'm going to have a hard time beating it. My lungs will, you know what I mean? And that was a real kind of, uh, so there was like an urgency again, that I don't think I could recreate 
So the, uh, other than the normal places I get music from, which do come from smoking and drinking, you know what I mean? Those open different doors uh, yes. for, for me, you know, all, all in moderation. You know what I mean? I'm not like, you know, fucking Molly Crew in it uh, with a bottle of Jack, you know, but I mean, having a couple of drinks just makes it just softens your edges and allows you to be a little more dangerous than you would be, you know, in your office job or something like that, you know? So, um, so I liken it to that. And, and, and I, I also was really intrigued with the fact that I've never been able to record at home before. I'm not like a tech head at all. So I, someone gifted me a, a DAW, a recording scenario and and then i um i used the stl tone hub uh guitar plugins and they were fucking amazing like my friend mark lewis is the one who turned me on to them oh, and uh he had, he had i don't know if you're familiar with them at all but they're you know they basically isolate all the great sounds from all their productions and and so i was able to use like i had a, like a thousand different guitar sounds at my fingertips so I, that for an artist also is like oh my god you know so depending on the guitar sound i would choose it would it would it would lead me in a direction of, of, you know, a particular uh, vibe for a song. So that in itself too, was a really exciting, you know, just being able to lay down four guitar tracks without having to argue with anybody else, like how to play it or, or should it be a, a, a third harmony or a fifth or should it be, you know, any, none of that. I was just like, do a shot and then lay down all the guitars and sit and listen to it and go, ah, no, let me try, let me try a different harmony. And it was perfect studio quality. And then I would go in my car and listen to it and crank it up and it, fucking sounded like an album i was like wow and so when i first laid it on scott burns with the with my um they're real drums but they're they're a drummer played these loops and i cut up all these loops so um he was like wow this drum sound is fucking amazing on the demo and um we really almost didn't have a real drummer come in and, and play the drums that i wrote because the drums sounded so good on the demos <laughs> it was just like perfectly recorded and um you know but but you know we ended up wanting to make it a a band and scott played a huge role in that as well and helping me go from like what do i do with these songs uh you know i talked to monty connor and he was like yeah nobody cares about a solo record so don't don't waste these songs on on a solo record just make it a band and so that's how the band came to be that's yeah. so cool i love it and man you're such a diverse vocalist and i think this album really shows your range from you know screaming right through to some incredible melodic stuff man i i think Thank you. you you challenge the ideals we we're saying it before of, of what death metal should be by injecting those elements into it and I, I i i see that slowly happening but you've still got the metal elitists that give that pushback as you said the the wrinkling of noses but yeah. is that is it was that part of the plan after you sort of stumbled across the style, I guess, that you're like, I'm just gonna drive my vocals in that direction as well to see how far I can take it as well. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, you know, most of the songs on the album happened in a really short span of time, like five weeks. And so I didn't really have a lot of time to think about it. Um, for me, it felt normal. It, for, for me, it was a, you know, anybody familiar with my old band Neurotica knows that I've, you know, I've been singing for a while, but I just never had, I never found a home for it with Atheist. And I, and uh, it, it just never made sense to try to, to do that. You know, people, people have a lot of respect for the way that band is and I do as well. And so I never wanted to use that. I've tried to create other bands. I had a band called Stones of Madness where I, you know, showcased my singing voice, but uh, again, the extreme metal world just kept me squashed down and and I uh, wasn't able to, to do anything with that band. But that was a great band and a really good album. But uh, so this was the first time where I was able to combine the two. And that was that was the thing that excited me the most. I was like, wow, all in 
all in a one minute span, I went from the depths of hell to, you know, flying through the clouds, you know what I mean? And then right back to hell, you know what I mean? And I love, I love that contrast, you know, and, uh, and then you throw in a little bit of old school 70s Sabbath groove and, you know, there's something for everybody there. You know I mean? It's, it's dipping in and out of, uh, somebody called it genre bending, you know I mean? Uh, it's, 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 it's definitely bending genres in, in a way that, I don't know, man. I I'm, I think the scene is hopefully ready for it, you know I mean? Cause it's just, uh, you know, the, the needle hasn't moved in a minute, you know, well, there are, there are some things that are, there are some really exciting things I think that are coming out. I think sleep token is an amazing band. You know, I think, I think that's a, you know, that that's a, that's a glimpse into the future of what, you know, what it can be like to have extreme. And now they're very theatrical and, and uh, you know, I, I definitely like to see them, you know, be a little heavier as well. You know I mean? I'm, I'm afraid they're going to tip way off into, into la la theatrical land. But I mean, that new record is, is when they, when they get heavy, it's heavy as shit, but I would just like to hear more heavy, but I mean, that kind of, breaking away from the norms, you know, I mean, I think it's got to happen uh, in order for this music to survive in another 40 years. And um, there's no harm in that, you know, bringing in old, you know, there's lots of bands that that do it. Uh, maybe they don't commit to it in a way that maybe they will in the future, but I'd love to see, uh, you know, I think Between the Buried and Me is a, is a very interesting example of, of a band that doesn't mind zipping in and out of genres, you know, like, um, you know, or styles. And, uh, and I love that shit, you know, but, but if you can combine it in a way that it's actually a, at the end of the day, it's gotta be a good song. Yes. Good song. Period. Fundamentally a listenable, good four minutes. song, not a seven minute epic, you know, I, I like to get in and out and all of my life. You know I mean? It's like a conversation. If somebody's long winded in a conversation, you're like, all right, I gotta fucking go. You know, I gotta, <laughs> thanks. Good talking to you, man. You know what I mean? It's like, get in and get out with your, with your point, you know what I mean? And, uh, and move on to the next song. That's how I feel anyway. I've never been a fan of seven to 10 minute songs. Um, I have a few exceptions. The Art of Dying from Gojira is one of my exceptions. Oh, yeah. But that's a, that's an epic fucking nine minutes of of uh, you know. There's not a there's not a boring moment in that nine minutes, and that's that's key as well. So yeah, so I um you know I guess it's different for everybody, but for me I like to uh, I don't like to over polish things. You know, I mean I, I used all the original vocals that I did with a handheld fifty eight on this album. You know, I didn't do it with a fancy. You know, I, I didn't even do it with, um, you know, in a booth, in a vocal booth. I did it in my living room with my three-year-old sitting on the couch watching Paw Patrol. <laughs> that's, Literally. <laughs> that's the really funny thing about this as well is I had a three-year-old, you know, and, uh, you know, he may, he may be asleep on the couch. And he was hearing me, you know, as I had headphones on singing all these vocals. And uh, so I always call him my executive producer. His name is Thor. <laughs> He's awesome. And uh, so one day when he grows up, he'll... Uh, you know, he'll hear these stories and just be like, yeah, I was there. I was there when dad, he th at first he thought I was angry. He was, you know, it was the first time he'd ever seen me sing. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, had to, I had to like discuss it with him. So he understood, no, I'm not angry at all. This makes daddy really happy. And so then he just, every time he hear me screaming, he just found it to be, you know, dad's happy, you know? So uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. Just that. Did he try and like you're not so What's that? Did he try and, is he, cause my, my, my son, He's seen my my videos and stuff, and he he comes out and does his death metal voice, you know. When... No, no, yeah, he has not. I, well, you know, I, I got him on the mic a couple of times, but no, he hasn't gotten the bug yet, unfortunately. And I, um, boy, I would I'd be proud if he did. You know, I mean, I I, uh, I would love it. I, he's got a guitar and everything, but that's awesome. You know, I'm not gonna push him. You know, you know, I think uh, inadvertently, if he, you know, there's enough of it around him 
um, you know, here. So hopefully, hopefully it'll get into, get into his soul. <laughs> yeah, but so oh, far, no, no, no death metal script. So you got a, you got a little singer in your hands then, huh? I, I'm hoping so. He's, he loves, uh, well, I've got three kids. I'm a grandpa, believe it or not. But, um, yeah, my cute. young, my youngest, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's a little gaming. Sometimes he does the death metal voice just to humor me, but I'm hoping it's going to creep in. He's probably listening to me just behind that curtain right now, but, <laughs> but I'm hoping I got my fingers crossed, but my, my, uh, my other daughter, she's, she plays violin and stuff. So the music is, is creeping into the family. So Good. I've got the fingers crossed, much like you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, you auditioned for Velvet Revolver, right? Is this true? I did. Mm -hmm. That would help. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that, I had, so we've just done Ozfest with Neurotica, and uh, that was on a really, you know, uh, you know, uh, Vince McMahon from the WWE. It was his label, and they spent half a million dollars on the band. And, and um, so when that when that fell apart, I went back home, and I was on the early the early in the early days of the internet. I had just got a computer, and I remember seeing on Blabbermouth that Slash was like looking for a real rock singer, and um, you know what I mean. And I, I I just I called my manager at the time, and I was just like, Hey man, can we get a can we send him the Neurotica record? I would love to take a shot at that. And, you know. He kind of scoffed at it a little bit. He was like, ah, you know, I mean, Slash, he's in L.A. He's going to have, like, the cream of the crop choices. I was like, just send it, see what happens. So long story short, uh, he got the Neurotica CD, and three days later, I get a call from Slash, and he was like, you know, uh, hey, well, you know, at that time, it was called The Project. And um, he's like, uh, so I'll send you three songs and and just do your thing and send it back. So I did, and uh, him and Duff called me on a three-way call and said, hey, come to L.A. I was like, fucking A. So I felt like an imposter, really, because in my heart, I'm a death metal kid, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I was like, how the fuck am I going to, how am I going to get in a room with Guns N' Roses? You know, like, this is going to be so weird. So in my, I didn't tell them anything about my my past. I didn't mention anything about atheist or any of that shit for fear of, you know, being pushed out. I just wanted to get my shot at it, you know? So I, I show up in LA and we, and, uh, I, you know, we did the three songs and I, and, uh, I I could tell they want, kind of want to have a conversation, and so I went outside to smoke, and and then Duff came out about ten minutes later, and he was like, he's like, can you stay for the weekend? And I, I didn't have any, I didn't have that kind of money to stay in L.A. for the whole weekend, so I called my manager, who was scoffing at me originally about that I wouldn't have a chance, you know, and uh, I made him pay for it, so he paid for me to stay out there over the weekend, <laughs> and uh, you know, and so we went. Um, I went in and did another song together. So when I left there, I had a really, really good shot at that gig. And then obviously Wyland's uh, wife and Duff's wife are friends. Mm. And so they got, they got word that he was going to be available. And yeah, if I'm going to lose a gig to somebody, you know, but I, that was real, real close. I mean, I, I had a really, that was a fun experience. And, you know, for, for, like I said, a death metal kid, you know, just to, to, to have the opportunity, it was the best audition that I never got, you know, oh, <laughs> That's incredible. That's such an incredible story. And uh, I mean, I got a little line in Slash's book, even you know, like God love. I got a sentence in his uh, in his autobiography. <laughs> Have you? What's that? Yeah, yeah. It's on. Uh, if you look in his book, there's a because they went through that man. They went through hell trying to find. They went through like 600 plus singers, a, yeah. a TV show on VH1 trying to find somebody, and so. By the time they got to me, I mean, according to him, I mean, it's it's de-emphasized how it really went out. But I don't, you know, I don't blame him. He's not going to give me a full page. But, but, uh, but he was like, yeah, we got this guy Kelly in Florida, and while he didn't get the gig, he was a step in the right direction. So ah. it was like the 
short speak of it. So, uh, yeah, but again, you know, I mean, how many times you get to get in a room with literally Guns and Roses and and write three songs, you know? And so I, I treasured the uh, treasured the time. And in my head, too, I was just thinking, how am I going to explain this to underground metal people? You know, I mean, it's going to be <laughs> it's going to be tough. <laughs> but uh, hey, you know what? That's the first time I ever felt like a real singer, like a real rock singer. When Slash, you know, was like, hey, man, your vocals are great. And I was like, what? Because, I mean, he's kind of like the, you know, he's the he's the Keith Richards of our generation. You know, and he's the, you know, he's yes. a, so iconic and, uh, you know, worked with so many great singers. And so I've never ever I've always felt like a screamer that sings from time to time. You know, what I mean, never felt like a singer. And uh, until until he, you know, sat on the couch and looked right in my face and told me that I was like, ah. So I was, I was like, cool, man. So I'll take that too. So sometimes, you know, it's not about getting the gig. It's just the experience, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And I do have to ask, because I did see a little thing that you are working on a new atheist record as well. Is that right? Oh, yeah. That's how this started. I was writing atheist verse, and then I tuned my guitar down to B. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I started writing all this crazy shit in B. But all the uh, atheist stuff is all written in 440E. So uh, it automatically makes me write differently on guitar. And uh, so, um, yeah, I have three hours worth of riffs and pieces and parts. But I've just got to, uh, I'm got to clear up some 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 business side of things so that we can move forward. But uh, hopefully by October, we'll have some news um, about the future, you know, and, and have that ready by fall of next year. But we've got a lot of material and a great band. Can't wait to write a record with these guys. I mean, they're phenomenal. That we just did a tour with Cynic in North America. And, yeah. It was incredible. The the musicians I have in the band now are just, just I can't say enough about them. And they bring a, a youthful exuberance to it that just makes me feel 22 again. So we're going to write some sick shit. Man. And uh, and as I've said, uh, in doing press for this Till the Dirt, I need people to understand that I I do understand the separation of church and state uh, you know, between the two bands. And so you're not going to hear Till the Dirt. You're not going to hear my singing voice on any Atheist records. Atheist is about complexity and, uh, and, and daring arrangements. And, and uh, you know, it's a completely different headspace. So, and I know the difference. Um, so don't worry. I don't want to hear all the, the, the bullshit. Yeah, you know the I mean? mouth. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah man, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be trying to sing on the next Atheist album. No, I'm not. You know, I'm going to make the next <laughs> Atheist album more Atheist than, than ever. <laughs> We have a saying down here in Australia, calm your tits. So, um, I like it. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyway, uh, of course, uh, one last question for you, the million dollar question. Uh, Australia, mate, are we going to see at some point? Come on, mate. Okay, I've got the beers for you. I've been trying for 30 years, man, to get there. I mean, uh, I, th- I think it's real close to happening um, next year, though, uh, with Atheist. Uh, hopefully till the dirt will get invited as well. You know, um, uh, you know, three of the, three of the band members are are the same members that'll be playing with me until the dirt. So promoters out there, get, get it done. Like make the offer, you know what I mean? Uh, but I know at minimum, we'd love to come over and do this 30th anniversary set that we're doing right now. Cause it's the, yeah. the 30th anniversary of elements this year. And, uh, man, we had a blazing 16 song set of, uh, of just lots of deep cuts and, 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 and songs that we had never played before, but um, we'd love to come over to Australia and New Zealand and, and maybe even Japan while we're over there. And, and uh, cause we never have, you know, we, we've never been over there. So it's right at the top of our bucket list. So uh, for many promoters out there that are listening, contact our management at EMG and make it happen. I want to come to Australia. There's a couple of cats. Top, I know. Man, I'm, running, I'm running out of time. Oh man. <laughs> 
Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll be 55 in two weeks. (laughs) You look damn good for 55, man. I'm (laughs) almost, I'm just past 40 and I feel like I'm a hundred years old. Um, (laughs) And I tell you what, we will see you in Brisbane. That's where I'll be. I'm, I'm up on that. That side of things. In the- I look forward to sharing a shot. Do they have Jägermeister in Australia? Do we have Jägermeister in Australia, mate? Yeah. <laughs> we fucking have. Yeah, we've got it all, mate. Even our good old Aussie beers. Just stay away from the forex. That is my. Drinking is a sport in Australia, I bet, huh? Oh, it's a- just what we do. We wake up. It's just it's everywhere. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, brother, it's been uh, really cool hanging out with you this morning. I hope we can do it sometime. And uh, man, this man, so we'll do it. Thank you for the early support on the record. Please tell some friends. And August twenty fifth, it's out. Everybody, I hope you go and get it on Nuclear Blast. And you know, allow yourself to to dive into a different kind of pool. You know, what I mean, and uh, you know, give it a couple of spins, and I think you'll find it to be a uh, you know a very interesting record, man. It's certainly honest and organic. It's not contrived in any way, and uh, that's kind of hard to come by these days. So thank you for the uh, for the early love. I appreciate oh, it. Love it. Next week, go get it, people. We'll have all the links down here and on the website. Thank you. Kelly, enjoy your weekend, my man. I will, my friend. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> yeah, Cheers. Skip, brother.